Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 217 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and joining me today around the microphone is Leanne DeMille. How are you How doing, are you doing? Leanne? Did Good. I get your last name right this time? It's tricky. You're like DeMeo, like mustard and mayonnaise. Yeah. I'm DeMeo DeMeo so I don't have the- a cool thing to, to help you with that, but... Well, yeah, you got to come up with one. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I always think it's like, hey, Demele. I think I get it right, but then as it's coming out, I'm like, I don't know if I did that right. I remember the first time I met who would become my husband, I had to spell his name out phonetically. I had no idea how to say yeah. it either. <laughs> yes, actually, that's what I should do is I should put like in, you know, phonetically how you spell your name. <laughs> exactly. that's, that's a better idea. So, Well, nice. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I think we have a... A pretty interesting, although it might be somewhat of a somber edition of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. So Travel Boom just wrapped up a customer sentiment study, and we received over 2,000 responses regarding how rising prices are going to be impacting consumer leisure travel. To be honest, the data is a little bit concerning, and what we're going to do today is go through the findings of the study and share some of the key takeaways that we found. We have the full study available for anybody who wants it. You can get that at travelboommarketing.com slash rising prices, or you can get a link to it from the show notes if you go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, we have a few things that we definitely want to do. We have our newsaroos, and then we have yet another 60 seconds to success. And Leanne, I think you are the 60-seconder to the success today. I'm going to try not to be 70-ish seconds to success. I'll try to speed through it. Well, I, I saw your notes. <laughs> and I, if, if you're going to bet the over-under on this one, I would definitely be putting all the money on hearing that alarm sound at the end of 60 seconds. It's so. easier said than done. It is. It is. That's why we do 60 seconds instead of like a all 90 right. seconds to success. <laughs> people have short attention spans in this this day and age that is true all right so let's go ahead and just jump right into the first segment and it is a somewhat of a somber edition of the show so i'm going to try to do a somber rendition of the news Roo song are you ready let me know uh-huh. how this goes okay with hotel marketing that cannot lose <laughs> Now it's time for news of news. I feel like we were in a monastery. That's kind of what I was going on. We had to go to, uh, <laughs> so we usually go to the praise uh, portion of our church. So we have two services. Uh-huh. We have a traditional and a praise. And whenever we go to the traditional service, it's uh, it's it's traditional Lutheran. So it's not, uh-huh. you know, singing and stuff, and like crazy singing. It's much more more traditional. So whenever we go there, we're like, ah, oh, doing hymns and psalms and things like that. So <laughs> so that got me thinking about maybe doing a little monasterial version of the New Jerusalem song. It's important, but it's somber. Yes. <laughs> Indeed it is. So, so today the news item comes to us from our friends over at CoStar and headline's pretty interesting. CEO's advice to hotel owners and operators. Stop wasting money on online travel agencies. And this is based on a speech from MCR Development's Tyler Morse, who was really was speaking to a crowd and really focusing on driving your direct revenue and making the most of your owned assets and not relying so much on OTAs. And he really did make a good case of laying out why 
if you're using OTAs, it's somewhat of a lazy marketing strategy and you're giving up commission, you're giving up data ownership, you're giving up so much in terms of the relationship with the guest that if you have a way to avoid it, you really want to do so. Now, I will say he was speaking to some larger companies and he's not necessarily a fan of search marketing in general, which I somewhat disagree with, but Leanne, I'd like to get your take on this article as well. Oh, and I'm sorry. If you want to read the article, go to CoStar.com and it'll be under the news section. Well, I have a few a few opinions. First of all, this is someone who's uh, talking from the experience of more of the extended stay and lower end, not even moderate, but value properties. And my experience with those brands is they don't really spend that much money or effort in their own digital marketing attempts. So I'm not sure how he expects people to find them. Are they still handing out brochures at the rest areas? Because I'm trying to think of another way that he's actually working with his own model. Yeah, that's a good um, point. Yeah, I think a lot of times when you look at how, you know, we have a lot of experience with extended stay, with with value properties and whatnot. And a lot of times it's more need-based versus, uh, I guess, inspirational or mm-hmm. want-based. And when you have that take be the case, it's a lot easier to say, hey, I'm here. I see you're, you're getting rained on right now. Why don't you come in out of the rain? Our rate is this to, to make that happen versus something like a resort property where you have to you know, kind of put the bells and whistles out a little bit to make sure that you bring in the guests for an experience versus just a lodging option. Well, he particularly spoke to folks uh, at luxury properties. He spoke about Ritz Carlton's and, and mentioned how much are they actually taken to the bank from a room night when they've paid an OTA and the much higher expenses that they have just to operate. So I'm wondering if he's just trying to get everyone to band together because that's really what it would take. You're not going to eliminate OTAs unless everyone decides not to put their inventory on the OTAs. Very true. It, one thing I would say about OTAs is we always like to, you know, talk down about them or you know pretend that they're the the evil empire. And the reality is that's not true. OTAs serve an incredibly valuable role. They're an incredibly valuable partner for hoteliers, both flagged and independent. But you can't use them as your one-trick pony to get reservations. If a hotel uses them as a new business tool, if a hotel uses them to fill inventory holes that they would leave unfilled otherwise, great, you're doing it the way you're supposed to. But if you are just sitting back and letting the OTAs feed you, then you you become the caged animal in that case, and you can't feed yourself when you need to. Mm -hmm. I would again. I think that this particular um, gentleman may need OTAs more than he thinks he does because there's a lot of competition for the low hanging fruit. So I, I think your name still needs to be next to them. I definitely agree with that. At least we've seen that from from our hotel's perspective. Is you, you kind of have to do a little bit of of both. Yeah, I don't. I think it's always fun to say you know A versus B, but in reality, it's always somewhere kind of in between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely it's, it's a good article. Check it out if you get a chance. And we'd love to hear your feedback if you want to you know, send it to us or a comment or whatever you guys would like to do. We'd love to hear how you guys think about OTAs and if you need them or not. All right, so we're going to jump right over to the next segment that we have. And to go ahead and set this up, this is 60 Seconds to Success. And 60 Seconds to Success is when we have just one minute on the clock 
to share a tip or a trick that's going to make your hotel marketing much more effective. Imagine being in the elevator in an elevator and you only have a mere minute to tell somebody something that's going to make them a better hotelier when those elevator doors open. And today is an easy day for me because I don't have to do anything. But Leanne, 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 you have yourself a hard, hard day. Well, you gave me such a broad topic. It's your fault. <laughs> it's always my oh, fault. Well, what, what did you tell me to come up with? A tip or a trick that someone can share with somebody in 60 seconds. About? <laughs> I said anything you wanted it to be about. I, I, <laughs> I, I think I had to give you a very broad topic. I don't remember what it is, but I know you put I together your, a lot your of good broad topic was something like, what would you tell someone just starting out if they were opening a hotel and starting their marketing program? Yeah. And that's not a 60 second conversation, but I, I, I got those little tidbits. All I right. can only talk for 60 seconds. So I'm okay. going to try. But I'm going to have to assume up front that all of your hotel's operating systems are in place. And you got a website that was built by people who specialize in hotel websites and it's optimized. We're just going to assume all of that to start with. All right. So here's what's going to okay. happen. I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock and you are going to just give us a little tip or trick. And then afterward, we'll we'll dissect it and we can dive into some of the more detailed nuances okay. of what you have. But all right. All right. Are you ready? <gasps> yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Well, you got to be overwhelmed if you try to cast a wide net. So I would say focus on your target guests, but start your efforts locally. You have to own your own block. Hit the streets, meet your neighbors, form partnerships with nearby businesses, services, attractions that are geared again towards your target guests. Don't be afraid to ask them for website links and follows on social media. Make friends with your comps that consider them coopetition. Study their websites, follow their social media. Market your property attributes that travelers rave about online and, and try to solve some of the issues that they have negative reviews about. Always ask your front desk to Ask the guests what brings them to the area, what company they're with. Always get their email and document it all in a CRM system. It's got to be capable of sending emails and maybe texting for some. Make sure your website's also capable of gathering as much data as possible about your site visitors because data is golden and locally relevant content is king. Holy shit. You made it <laughs> You're going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> That was incredibly impressive. I don't know what you said. It came out so fast, but it was incredibly <laughs> impressive. Uh, so let's let's dissect this a little bit because I remember what okay. I asked you. I said because everyone who doesn't know, Leanne is our new business director, and I said, you know, what are some of those questions and concerns that people have when they pick up the phone and, and call you, and mm -hmm. you know, are having trouble? So so that's kind of where we came to to this topic from. But there's definitely a lot in here. And there's a lot that a hotelier can do to to help. If you had to take this down, because you have a couple bullet points here, uh -huh. what is one of those bullet points? And I think you mentioned coopetition. Is that what you said? Oh yes, that's what you always have to consider your comp set as. You need to be friends with them. Yeah. So I, um, so I like that. So tell me a few minutes, or t tell me a little bit about coopetition, because I love that word, and I mm -hmm. think that could be the takeaway for your 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Well, all things can't, all hotels can't be all things to all people. Sometimes you have the particular needs of a guest that may have been trying to book in a different property down the street. And the right thing to do is if, if you know someone's coming to you and you're not going to be able to satisfy their stay, 
you know, call up your neighbor, say, Hey, I've got somebody that they really need a kitchen. We don't have them. Do you have anything available? And when we get group business back, Lord, I hope we get group business back. You can't always take a hundred group people in a group. If your property only has 50 rooms, so you've got to have somebody that you can refer the rest of the business to that, you know, will take good care of them. That's why you all, your friends and your comp set need to be your co-opetition. I love it. That's a, that's a really good tip and, and, and a better way of looking at your market in general, right? You don't have to mm-hmm. beat everybody. You just got to make sure everybody's getting a good slice of the pie. Yeah. Perfect. Well, hey, I thought that was, that was 90 seconds worth of tip in just 60 seconds. So mm-hmm. you, if you enjoyed that and you're just tuning in on LinkedIn, keep listening. I would say go ahead and go over to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and tune into episode 217 where we're going to continue the discussion and talk a little bit about the impact that rising costs have on travel and tourism, specifically as it relates to leisure travel. But there you go. So that is our 60 seconds to success. And if you are a podcast listener, all you have to do is keep listening. It's that easy. If you're on LinkedIn, you got a little bit harder job. You have to make a few clicks to keep on listening to what we have to say. It's worth the effort. All right, Leanne. So that was a, Heck of a tip. I don't know how you made it work, but you did. You said you would make it happen and you made it happen. And and that's just what you tell every one of our clients when you're working with them. It it may be daunting, but you'll deliver. One of of the folks that I've been consulting with told me they do not have the staff to collect email addresses because they'll never send out a newsletter. They don't have a physical marketing person to go and meet the neighbors. And I, I didn't realize that that's the corners being cut now, but I yep. think that's where I would dedicate some of my resources if I have them. We'll, we'll save those for future 60 seconds mm-hmm. for sure. Cause I, I know that the email part's a big one and then you should be collecting emails, even if you're not quite ready to start deploying a, a good email that's strategy. Right. So, all right. Well, that takes us to the meat of the topic. And what we're going to be talking about today is the research project that we put together So we surveyed tens of thousands of leisure travelers. We got about 2,000 responses back. And when we look at the data, it is a little bit concerning. And I'm not saying that in a way to fear monger, but something I do want to shine the light on a little bit because it is something that's very important. And it's going to impact your summer business and it's going to impact your fall business probably moving forward. So before we really dive into this, I want to set the stage a little bit. We are seeing higher inflation numbers. You know, for the first couple months of the year, we've definitely seen it ticking higher than it has in the past. We're seeing more and more signals from the Fed that they are looking at rising interest rates and trying to tighten their belts a little bit to control the inflation. We're seeing higher prices at the gas pumps. We're seeing higher prices at the grocery stores and just really all consumer goods in general. And then lastly, but actually there's probably a lot of other things as well, we're just not seeing that same optimism about the economy and travel that we had just six months ago. So when that started happening, we were seeing all these different leading indicators. We want to do a little bit of research to find out what, what we could do and what consumers are really thinking. And when we dove into it, we got all this data back, and that's what we're really going to be dicing into today and seeing – what are some of the key takeaways and what hotels can do to better adapt themselves mm-hmm. to a different, or not say a different customer, but a customer who is going to be much more cost conscious than they have been in the past. Right. 
Now, I'd also say that it's not just our data. Leanne, you did a really good job pulling together different articles from Forbes, the Wall Street Journal, Skift, and others that are all echoing a very similar sentiment that Mm -hmm. customers are a little bit concerned. And when they're concerned, a lot of times they don't necessarily stop their discretionary spending, but they do curb it a little bit. And one of the places Mm -hmm. that they do that is in their travel habits. So that's what we're going to dive into today. So if you're interested, take a look at the full study, travelboommarketing.com slash rising prices. That will get you everything you need to know. It'll show us every question that we asked, the respondents, the answers, and commentary on each and every one. But we did ask over 20 questions and that would get boring for everyone listening. (laughs) So we're only going to do three each. What do you think? Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to each give our top takeaway. We're going to dive into our second takeaway and then our final takeaway. And Leanne, take it away. All right. We asked folks, what were the top reasons that were preventing someone from staying at a hotel was exactly how we worded the question. And when we asked them last year and the year before that, we know what the top concern was. It was COVID. But this year they answered in so many different ways, but you tell me what they were basically saying. Cost of transportation, cost of lodging, budget, economic outlook, it's all general uneasiness about the economy. It's not even that things cost too much. It's just that they're concerned because this wasn't what they were looking at last year when they were dying to go on vacation. I, I, yep. just, I find that very interesting that it's it's all of them rolled into one. That means people are doing their homework and you know coming up with a complete budget and wondering how they're going to get their dream vacation into that budget. Absolutely. And I think this is, is actually comes from question 20 on the study, which was top, pick the top three reasons you prevent you from staying at the hotel right now. And there's a, a lot to take in there, right? Because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, budget concerns, out, economic outlook, cost of transportation. The good thing is, is the number one thing was cost of lodging. And that is at least, yeah. well, we don't want to hear it, right? But it is something we have some control over. So, you know, when I see that number, the first thing I think of is, okay, if that's the one thing in life I can control, then I'm going to do the best I can to control it. So you can do that in one of two ways, right? We can either reduce our rate and just take more, less from an ADR perspective, or which is probably going to be the better option is you can improve that perceived value, which Mm -hmm. I think even if we weren't heading into what could be a recession everybody should be doing that anyway, right? You know, what can you do to make that value proposition a little bit better? What can you do to wow your guests? What can you do to surprise and delight that we hear so often? Because that's what's going to get people to choose your property, even when times are kind of getting a little bit tighter. Pete, I've noticed a trend that doesn't really take into account any of solving any of those issues. It's an interesting one, though. Have you seen so many hotels and even complete travel packages now offering a pay monthly plan? We put down a little deposit. It's almost like the new Affirms uh, policy where you can pay by the month and over the course of a year, you've paid for something. I've seen that that before. Packages now, travel packages. And, you know, I've seen it's everywhere is going that. So I know anytime you're looking at buying electronics or barely even high ticket items, you know, for easy payments of whatever it might be. That's right. 
Now, is that concerning? I, yeah, it, it's great. You know, definitely we want to be able to drive, you know, drive bookings and get people to stay at our property. But I wonder, are there going to be some real drawbacks down the road where all of a sudden now you have the last four or five years of vacations that you're trying to pay off? Uh, well, I guess you pay those in advance, don't you? Well, and then, but read the fine print because I know another uh, question or our study revealed to us that folks who have vacations reserved up to one in five of them would consider canceling if they had to, if, if they could no longer afford the vacation. But I'm wondering if you choose a vacation and you start paying for it over time, what happens then if you back out? Do you get your deposit back? Do you get your money back? Is it actually a built-in way to guarantee that a person's actually going to use their reservation? You know, that's a, it's a good question. And honestly, it's a segue over to my top takeaway. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of just jump over that. But mine came from question number 10. And the question was, regarding the vacation you have already booked, would rising gas prices cause you to cancel this trip? And here is the scary, scary number. 21.8% of the respondents said, yes, I would cancel a vacation or a trip because of rising costs. That is pretty, pretty concerning. And it, it goes to your point, right? Do we need to get them to start paying in advance so we can uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily lose that vacation? But you did the math right. You figured out exactly how much more would you pay for just gas if you're well, driving on a typical vacation. And that, yeah. And that's a, that's a different one that, that we'll cover mm-hmm. uh, in, in just a second, but you're right. If you look at it, it's, it's not that big of a deal in terms of your cost, your vacation, but man, that's definitely one of the things that you, know, you could definitely adjust. You, you can account for if you're going on a big vacation. Uh, one of the things I would say is, you know, if, if we know that that's the concern, like you said, think about what we can do to, to overcome that. And it might be just mm-hmm. the educational process of letting people know, Hey, we're only, you know, $20 more in gas away or something. I don't, I don't know what you would say there. Well, and when we asked the question about the concern over gas prices, we didn't say excluding jet fuel. So anybody thinking about how much airfare has gone up because it's allegedly because gas costs more, that's a huge deal. That could mean a couple of hundred dollars more to get to your destination. Very true. So about 80% of the respondents to the survey were driving. Mm-hmm. We had a, a small percent that were going to be flying. Some people would be taking other forms of transportation or renting cars, but you're right. Uh, like Leanne, you, you really referenced a really cool article about when you start talking about jet fuel and private jet fuel, mm-hmm. the article from Wall Street Journal about who can afford Napa Valley right now. <laughs> I know. If you try to book a vacation in Napa Valley, the, you're going to pay a minimum of $1,000 a night for a basic hotel stay. And some of the winemakers themselves are are advising their close friends and family. In fact, I've got a quote here from Tor Kenward, who's a winemaker for Behringer Vineyards. He's lived in Napa Valley for 45 years. He's telling everyone to go to Mendocino or go to Santa Barbara, where it's cheaper and the wine is just as good. That's pretty crazy. Uh-huh. Very, very crazy. So yeah, so that is probably my big takeaway there is just, you know, hey, you know, people are not necessarily locked in. And and you know, actually one thing that kind of concerns me with the with this is when COVID hit, we all very much relaxed or just shut down our cancellation policies. So that's something to be concerned with, right? You you look at the numbers. Up to 22% of the people who you think are already booked and sent your property may not be. Mm-hmm. So 
as it comes to guest communication between booking and stay, I think you really want to start building some value there to, to help those guests realize that they made a good choice and keep reinstilling that in their, in their minds and hearts. So they, they actually come and visit your property. Yeah. And also have a plan for people who may show up, but decide to depart early because we're used to in the past early departure fees. Have you addressed that this time around? That's a good point. Honestly, that was one of the things that people said that they might do is actually pull back on the number of nights that they stay versus mm-hmm. anything else. So, yeah. Leanne, what's the second big takeaway that you took from this study here? My second big takeaway. I'm scrolling back away from the Wall Street Journal here. Um, two out of three people said that they will take fewer trips this year than they did in 2021. Um, the one in three that didn't say they would take fewer trips, I've determined are Canadian (laughs) based on some of our questions (laughs) about when we surveyed folks about where are you from? Would you be traveling more or less over 50% of Canadians say that they would still, they'll be traveling more than last year, of course, because they were locked up. Right. Yeah. My question to you is, um, we live in a market where Canadian travelers this time of the year are, have been the historically the bread and butter, but looking at the star reports, I didn't see a huge spike with all of those Canadians coming back. So where are they going? It's a good question. I mean, they're either trying to, you know, travel locally or not quite as far, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing too is we, you know, for, for the U S market, we really haven't seen an influx of Canadian travel in the past because of the border issues. But now that mm-hmm. is resolved, I'd hope to see a little bit more, but really, I guess that hasn't been the case yet. This data is also segmented. We can drill down by, you know, Canadian visitors versus other types of international visitors and kind of see where where they're going. But I think you are right that the the people who did respond that were Canadian were much more willing to to travel a little bit because they've been been locked up in America's hat for way too long, haven't they? I think wherever you are, you need to think about your historical feeder markets because not all of those flights have resumed, and I believe that's part of the issue with Canada. Uh, they quit flying there altogether internationally. So those flights are slow and coming back online. Canadians probably are driving across the border more than they would have in the past. Yep, exactly. Very nice. So my second takeaway was from question number 13 on the study, which is which of the following would most likely persuade you to keep your current vacation plans? So we've kind of set the stage where people are traveling less they are canceling their vacation should they have decided to take a vacation. So we have to find some way to get them to, to stick around. And mm-hmm. what we asked them was, of the following, which would be most beneficial? A free gas card, a room discount, additional amenities or features or value to their property. Uh, and then we asked them if they would want to credit toward on-property items welcome gifts and so on. Mm-hmm. The the number one response was room discount, which I think everybody is, you know, take money off my room and I'm definitely much more happy. However, free gas card was right behind that in terms of respondents. Over 60% of the people said, you give me a free gas card, that's going to keep me going to your property because you fixed my main concern, which was gas. One of the things I also thought was pretty interesting was if you do the math on it and I am not a math magician, so keep this in mind as we kind of go through this. But here's what I found out. 
One, we know 64% of the travelers who responded to this survey would be persuaded to stay with a gas card or a voucher. Now, I don't know necessarily where every property that is listed to this podcast might be, but what I do know is the Federal Highway Administration averages 314 miles one way for a vacation drive. So it's about 630 miles total. The average, so I did, I went to a bunch of websites and did some Googling, so you know this is all facts. Mm-hmm. But the average midsize SUV, which is what people drive typically, is 22.5 miles per gallon. So the average vacation uses 28 gallons of gas for travel to and from the destination. Now, let's say gas went up an entire dollar or even more. You're, you're talking about less than $50 or right around $50 in additional cost for your entire year's vacation. So the question I would pose to hoteliers is, is giving somebody a $50 voucher or discount on their entire stay for about 50 bucks and say gas is on the house is that enough to help someone overcome the ejection of not going on vacation or if they are going not canceling their stay at your property i think no and i'll point to another question that we asked somewhere in this survey about uh, electric cars okay so you're saying gas so you're saying that no that it's not enough. I don't think, I think it was a perceived objection for the folks filling out the survey. But when we asked them, is the gas uh, prices going up and it seems like they will stay up for the foreseeable future. Is that going to push you towards getting an electric vehicle? And only 10% said that it would. So I really think it's probably more like 10% that would bite on the $50 gift card. I, hmm, I see more resorts doing, doing things like, once you get them here, if you can get them here, and we've seen the facts that they may shorten their stay if they do go on vacation, you offer that fifth, sixth, seventh night free. If you've got them there, they're going to be spending money on everything else that you have at the resort. That's more of of the freebie that people are looking for, a, a perceived free night, because somehow or another, you know, you're going to be paying for it. Yeah, true. Um, the, yeah, the, and um the other thing that I'm seeing with folks is resorts are offering more all-inclusive packages. So they're separating you for more of your cash up front. They're getting you to think about the fact that once I get there, I, I don't know how much we could wind up spending on food and beverages. So maybe it's a better deal to go ahead and lock in the total package. It's a good point uh, because I, we know that food and entertainment is a big concern for people. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we're not talking about that in the podcast today, but if you look at the study and check it out at travelboommarketing.com slash rising cost, you will definitely see that there's ancillary concerns on a vacation other than just gas and the accommodations pricing. I was reading an article yesterday about a brand that's not known for all-inclusive stays. Wyndham is taking a long, hard look at adding it with more of their properties, more of their brands. Interesting. So, you know, kind of going to, you made the comment about electric cars. I thought that one was interesting too. So, kind of as a bonus takeaway, people don't care about hybrids or electric vehicles yet. Rising prices do not appear to be, you know, moving the needle at all there yet. You get some people who, who said it would moderately to greatly impact, but it was a very, very small minority of the respondents. Most people said it was either no impact whatsoever or may have a slight impact on them considering one. Uh, If anything, a smaller, more fuel-efficient car was in people's horizons way more than, you know, going to the next uh, Tesla Model X Plaid. 
Right. And if you're a hotel with limited parking and tight spaces, maybe just go ahead and have someone paint economy on every one of those spots. So uh-huh. people won't blame you for the small space. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. All right. So let's see here. Leanne, I think, are we on your final takeaway? Um, my final takeaway, I believe that I wrote these backwards. But my final takeaway was asking people how much influence does COVID actually have on your travel plans this year? And three out of four travelers said, if any, it's a minor influence. Mm-hmm. And you read that and thought, well, people aren't as worried about the health scare of COVID. Maybe we've turned the tide. I read that and thought it could be that the one in four travelers that are considering whether or not they'll travel because of COVID are tired of the restrictions. And they're not yeah. going to go somewhere where they have to bring a vaccination card or especially they're continuing to petition the U.S. government to please drop that restriction. that If you travel outside of the U.S., you have to take a COVID test and have a negative test before you're allowed back in as a U.S. citizen. Right. So there are still a lot of a lot of things because of COVID that make it uncomfortable to travel, even if you're not afraid of COVID. Good point. Yeah. And this is we have a series of questions, questions 17 through 19 in the study that go into specifically how COVID is impacting travel. And the reason that we put those in here is back two years ago, it was I think March of 2020 when we did our first consumer sentiment study related to COVID. And these were the questions that we asked. And we asked these questions 13 times over the next two years about how people were reacting to COVID, what was changing and whatnot. So I want to ask some of those same questions just to gauge how sentiment has changed over the years, but you're right. It's still out there. And particularly for those people who want to travel internationally. You know, I've, I couldn't help but think that Americans in particular are acting like they have a, what is it called? The syndrome when you want to stay with your captor. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. I feel like we have that over masks right now because we were all desperate to no longer have to wear a mask on an airplane. But now that we don't have to, folks are up in arms about, not being, not making the, the person sitting next to them wear a mask. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. Okay. So my little soapbox. Okay. Masks <laughs> have very little, if anything, to do. There's not much value in wearing them. And I think the, the people who are, are diehard mask wearers are using them, like you said, as kind of a Stockholm syndrome where, you know, this is their, their blankie that gives them some comfort, even if it has no comfort whatsoever. Well, that was the reason for it for the past two years was the perception that we were safer, right? That was it. So that's for sure. Uh, And the way way I see that is is if if some people want it, hey, good, go for it. But, you know, if other people have moved on and do not want to wear one, don't hassle anybody. And, you know, uh, time will tell. If there's a problem and folks that have flown across the country start coming down with COVID left and right, they'll reconsider. That's true. So true. Hey, you know what? That takes me to my final takeaway. And that is, so we talked about the COVID sentiment studies that we've done. The very first thing we asked was, what is the first word that you think of right now when considering travel? This was the very first question in the survey. And for the past 13, 14 editions of that COVID sentiment study, it was always the big words. We put this in a word cloud that you can see on the, the show notes is, was always, COVID, safety, fear, concern, health, things like that. Mm-hmm. Now that word cloud has completely changed to 
COVID is on there. We haven't lost COVID yet. We haven't lost security yet. But everything else is cost, gas, price, money, expense, things along those lines. There is like beach and fun and some some cool things that are are good. But you can definitely see the pandemic concern has waned and an economic concern has taken its place. Right. Uh, and when exactly did we do the study? What was the dates that the study was conducted? So this went out the very beginning of April. Uh, we're actually we're recording today on April 28th. So this will actually drop at the very beginning of May. But the data that we're looking at is less than a month old. Okay. Because I couldn't help but think that we were asking them these questions when the taxes were due. And a lot of families found out, even the families with children that got tax credits and some checks over the past year, that um, they weren't getting a refund because the the money, they've already been refunded, basically. Yep. That certainly was on some people's minds. And then how many went ahead and got the nice big home of their dreams and the new dream location and don't have as much expendable income? They probably budgeted for the way life was when they purchased the home. And life's become a lot more expensive in general. Yes, uh, that's definitely a, something to consider. You have to be very careful. There's a, a lot of things that are impacting people. And I think, it's like, so for instance, when we looked at COVID, everybody was rallying around. The one problem I have with vacation right now is COVID, fear of getting sick, fear of dying, fear of my loved ones mm-hmm. getting hurt. Now it's a little bit spread out. You got some people who are concerned with COVID still. You have some people concerned with expenses, you have people concerned with economic outlook. It's just, it's a little bit of everything at this moment. So, mm-hmm. I even read a study that was talking about folks with a lot of expendable income, like upper income Americans, seeing money being depleted from their accounts, from their IRAs and uh, annuities and their stocks. And that, even if they have plenty of money, has got them concerned. Yeah, that's another point to consider as well is as people in those fixed incomes, you know, if the if the stock market tanks or we have, you know, major inflation concerns, then that does not bode well for them. Next, we need to do a st- study asking people, um, would paying with cryptocurrency encourage them to travel? <laughs> <laughs> there are several hotels that are beginning that trend. I think that everyone should jump on it. I I'm a, a still a big proponent of, of crypto. I don't have as much as I'd like to, for sure, but... Mine's not worth as much as it was. No, but it, you got two ways with crypto, right? Is if people buy and hold it. But what we need to get people doing with crypto is actually using it in mm-hmm. day-to-day commerce. And I think that's when you actually see the real value of it, but... Where can you do that if you travel to Nicaragua? Is that the country? I, I, I guess so. I mean, I, more and more you see people... You know, hey, you know, throw me a little bit of a bit of Bitcoin or a little bit of Ethereum or something like that. But it's, I think technology has to, or society has to catch up with what technology can offer before that can mm-hmm. kind of happen too much. But anyway, so hopefully everyone's learned something today, and some of the survey insights will help kind of you adapt your marketing to attract that customer. We know that customer insights are definitely changing. Customers are going to be a little bit more conscious, cost conscious. So it's something for us to consider and kind of change how we, how we market. I, I mentioned it before, but if you're interested in the full study, go to travelboommarketing.com slash rising prices. And from there, you're going to be able to see all the data that there is to offer. 
you can look at the commentary and <clears throat> everything else that goes along with that. So And demographics too. So you know if, if we're talking about the age group that's coming to your hotel. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we we really slice and dice this data. And I'll go kind of beyond that is if some of the information that you see in the study is not helpful, but you would like to see it slice a, a specific segment, let us know and we're absolutely will dive into that for you and get back with you personally with some some more insights for specifically if it's age market or age market, uh, household income, whatever it might be, we can definitely We're data out. geeks. We, we are, are data geeks. And if, <laughs> if someone asks us about data, we love to geek out on it with oh, you. Oh, yeah. So, well, perfect. Well, like, like I said, so that's where you can find the survey. If you want to find Travel Boom, you can find us at travelboommarketing.com or find us on LinkedIn at slash company slash Travel Boom Marketing. And Leanne, where could people find you to learn more about you or what Travel Boom does? I think the easiest way, again, is on LinkedIn. Just go to LinkedIn and you'll find me at contact Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E. Perfect. And you can find me, if you like, at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. And that's either on LinkedIn, on Twitter, whatever that might be. Now that Elon has got Twitter, I'm going to be on it a little bit more, I think, just to... <laughs> Just for the fun. It's just so much more fun now. So, but, uh, well, perfect. Well, hey, that's all we got for you today. Hopefully you found insight in the information today. And if you want more, don't worry. We'll be back next week. But until then, happy hoteling. Travel Boom is out. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mom. Happy birthday, Mom. <laughs> Not happy birthday. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs>